With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for June 17th, 2018. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad that I was able to join you this morning. My apologies. We have some company, and I got busy, and sure enough, Adrian said, if you don't set a timer or alarm, you're going <laughs> to miss it. So I did. So I have to say a happy Father's Day to myself. Get ready. And I have to say, <clears throat> I'm going to go right into our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. And uh, I'm glad that Levi Shinyo is, uh, observes one of the six paramitas, Kashanti, of patience. And for being with us, um, he's part of our LM9 group, lives in Pennsylvania. And uh, I'll turn it over to Levi Shinyo. Hello, can you hear me? Am I on? Yes, you are. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, hello, um, Toyo-sensei. It's wonderful to hear your voice again, and uh, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Um, so I've got a bit of a strange Dharma talk here. Um, I guess I, I gave it a name. I, I named it Ghosts in the Field, Ghosts in the Mind. Um, so I'll do a little uh, preface here to explain what situation was when I had this kind of experience and this uh, got me thinking about that. So recently over the summer, I had a lot of my friends over to my house. Um, a lot of my friends from college, I'm still uh, working on getting my degree. And um, as it seems to be a trend in my life, I have a lot of um, unusual friends and I, I tend to be drawn to those who are a bit off the off the beaten path, but I really love all my friends. They're good people, but a lot of them are very interested in things like, you know, the paranormal and high strangeness and things that are 
a little bit uh, less than mundane. So we are gathered around the campfire, and of course, as one is, we tell scary stories and about strange things and experiences. And as it's getting later and later, we uh, want to go down to the park because uh, right down near my house is an old park. And accordingly, if, if we are to believe the name of the park, it's of uh, Native American descent and possibly on the land. So they say, well, they want to go down and see if there's anything stirring that's uh, less than normal. So they head out, and uh, of course, a couple of them say think they see something uh, or have some strange feelings. So they are. They decide they're going to gear up and go down a little bit later. I think 3 a.m. is the supposed time, which it's uh, the witching hour. To, any strange spooks are out. 3 a.m. is the time that they like to be active. Um, I personally am a bit of a skeptic on these things. I don't know what there is. I'm not going to rule anything out, but I've not had something that's uh, that's led me to believe in anything explicitly uh, paranormal, but uh, I don't necessarily rule out the ideas. But as they're down there, I have uh, one of my good friends, his name is Cooper. He's a specialist in the, in the armed forces right now, so he's uh, trained to see these things and, you know, be perceptive and, you know, constantly scanning. And he seems to see things that shouldn't be there or figures in the park where we're alone. So we're get a little, you know, a little spooked. So they are down there split up in different teams and different, you know, groups trying to have some sort of experience. One friend, Charlie is into kind of this magic occult stuff. So he's trying to, you know, commune with whatever's there. And I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. I, I'm not feeling anything. I'm kind of the skeptic of the group, but I decide, you know, I'm here and maybe I'll give a benefit of the doubt. I, these, my friends are a little freaked out. They're a little strange. So I say, you know, I, the only thing I have, I have this, you know, this Buddhist stuff. I have this Dharma. Uh, and, you know, the one thing I remember is, you know, we like our rituals and we like our, our different things. So I say, well, you know, I might as well, uh, might as well give a Dharma talk to these things if they're out there. So, uh, you know, I gear up, I have my things, you know, I know that tradition is you bring some, uh, bring a bowl of rice, some water, an offering to whatever might be out there. Uh, so I do that. I grab a little rice that we had left over, some water, and I go out on my own to a little area near the trees. And I set it up and I give a Dharma talk to, you know, nothing or possibly something. I'm Again, I, I didn't experience much that night, but but I do know that, you know, as you're out there, whether there is something or not, your your mind starts to make things and you get nervous and you start, you know, the, the, a normal shadow becomes something sinister. And, I, you know, this, these things brought me back to a story, which as I'm getting older, I, I seem to collect stories, which I cannot remember where they originate from. The story goes that the Buddha and his group were traveling one day and they had stopped to set up near what was supposedly a haunted forest and the monks didn't like it because they said oh you know every time we go in these spirits chase us out and they're malevolent and they go to the buddha and they say what should we do and he says well when you're doing your meta kindness and your your compassion training and your cultivation are you including the spirits are you including the ghosts in the forest or are you afraid of them so he says you go in there go back in you know they are the ones who need compassion right now not you so as the monks go, they conclude the whatever 
evil forest spirits are in there. They include them in their meditations and in their chants and in their, you know, their minds of compassion. And I say, after a while, I say, oh, these, these things, how could we be afraid of them? We want them to be, you know, have, have enlightenment too. We want them to have compassion. We want them to, to do well. So after that, they start, uh, they stopped being fearful of the forest and they found it to be a tranquil place. So I thought, you know, I gave a small talk to, to nothing or something about that. You know, I realized that my own psychology had changed from that moment. You know, this was even though my friends were supposedly, you know, having having uh, bad things, bad omens, feelings. I found it to be a wonderful time, you know, because if something was there, it now knows that I want it. You know, I, I, I'm looking for it to giving compassion towards it and I want it to, you know, if it's trapped here, well, it needs to move on. Thing needs to change the way of things. So, you know, in the end, whether there was or wasn't something, just the uh, the act of doing this ritual, the act of doing, you know, wanting compassion out into the world and anything in it, can you know change your own psychology and your own uh, your own mind. So I thought to myself, there are times in life when there are mental things, mental ghosts, if you will, that are bothering us, which we just can't figure out. It's sometimes doing a physical ritual, doing something, you know, personifying it, and then putting compassion out towards it, that can be really powerful. So, you know, that night, uh, you know, giving a Dharma talk to the spirits, even if it's your own spirit that's listening, can be a very powerful tool. Um, so that's kind of what I have tonight. Again, Dharma works. Yeah, that's terrific. <clears throat> you know, what I thought of is uh, <clears throat> when we hear the word ghost, <clears throat> um, I remember the movie Beloved. It's a movie with Oprah Winfrey in there, and it's about, um, well, it's about ghosts that slavery created. And these ghosts, and we could put quotation marks around ghosts, but the fact that you have these forces, karmic forces, from the evils of slavery and these ghosts live a long time <laughs> into the future. Okay. So <clears throat> it's kind of a, a analogy if you want, or, you know, uh, illustration of these forces in action that you can't see they they, <clears throat> they were created in real so many hundred years ago, but their effects continue on, okay? Uh, When it's put like that, you can say, yes, we're creating ghosts all the time. If um, when something really traumatic happens, that karmic action, you know, if we could call it, creating ghosts that will create suffering long into the future. You might think of the effects of war. You might think of the effects of, uh, well, in the case of, say, Japanese-Americans, they got incarcerated 
U.S. citizens just because of their ancestry. They got herded into internment camps, you know, in 1942 and had to to stay there several years. They didn't know what's going on, what the future held for them, for young people. Young adults, that must have been pretty traumatic. And uh, that that internment experience affected the whole generation. Several hundred thousand uh, Japanese Americans were in these camps. Okay, If you... Uh, <clears throat> well, now, of course, uh, it's been, what, uh, 70 years or so, so... Uh, a lot of people have, you know, aged and so forth. But if some Japanese Americans ever get together, strangers in a social situation, and they start talking, somehow camps will, oh, the topic of tech camps will come out. Okay, that's a, sort of a euphemism, camps, you know. But uh, <clears throat> uh, there was barbed wire. There was guards, armed guards. Okay. Uh, and I said, well, what camp were you in? Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a ubiquitous topic of conversation 70 years later. Okay. So, yeah, I was born right after camp. My family went over there. My father or my grandfather or my uncle, you know, then they did this and how their lives were disrupted, you know, without any evidence of uh, espionage or anything like this. It was war hysteria. And that's why Japanese Americans and the organizations right now are very watchful. If any kind of uh, activity uh, around uh, keeping Muslims out, keeping uh, Middle Eastern people, being suspicious of them, okay, uh, or even if some start to suggest registration or camps or things like this. Just, oh, oh, you know. Uh, and so that that experience and really made me rethink the definition of ghosts, <laughs> you know. And appreciating the forces that, that are involved like that, okay? Something unseen, from way back, still haunting, <laughs> you know, and it kind of behooves us to not forget those things. And some young people who were born much later after camp, they get interested in this topic and they hold, you know, lectures and workshops to understand their heritage. Okay, to un- That's one way you confront these ghosts. Okay. And then, so you might apply this to any ordinary, everyday life, okay? If something happens uh, with, uh, uh, maybe you have, you get mad, impatient, and you swear at someone, a stranger, some kind of a situation, or family member, or whatever, in a way, you're, you're creating a ghost, you know? And uh, <laughs> long after the event, it might be resentment, might be, you know, grudges, might be, yeah, you got to be aware of these ghosts. Huh? And 
metta, loving kindness, right understanding, hey, the Dharma could help. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.